0: Go to King, King will barge over, will he get it down? Yes he does! There's the Premiership! Wilson runs to the line, he's got Buxton with him, it's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try, Joy Jobson's got the try.
1: Window will get there second. with the grand
0: final! You're listening to League up, Newcastle 100,
1: 100 rugby league. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. I am, of course, your host, Chris McPherson, and we have a bumper show lined up for you this week, covering off on the TUI's Newcastle Rugby League, a.k.a. the Denton Engineering Cup, also the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League, and, of course, our regular contributor, Josh Spiegelman, will be back with his uh, stats man of the week, players of the round from the last round of the Denton Engineering Cup, as well as breaking down the origin sides and having a look at the abbreviated NRL round ahead, as always, if you're not already following us on the social media channels, make sure to check us out on League Castle Aus on Facebook, League Castle AU on Instagram and Twitter, and make sure on Facebook you are voting in our People's Club of the Region Eliminators. We are up with the last of the quarterfinals, which will wrap up in the next day or so, uh, and then that'll lead us in to the semi-finals and of course the final where in a couple of weeks' time we will, after a couple of months, finally crown the League Castle People's Club of Newcastle, the Hunter Valley and Central Coast. So keep your eyes peeled and make sure you keep voting. Make sure you get involved with all of our content and uh, make sure to mention to us anything that you think that would be great to see on the page or what you'd like to see more of, and we'll do our best to try and tailor it to what you need Uh, Also a big thanks to our guests this week. We've uh, been lucky enough to be joined by Ryan Glanville from South Newcastle Lions and also Zach Johns from the Abermain Western Hawks. So if your club would like to get involved in the show over the next uh, few months as the season 2021 continues on, make sure to reach out to us and let us know as well. You can get us via all those social media channels or leadcastleau at gmail.com. But... uh, Plenty of footy to chat, as I said, so let's get into it. Let's kick off with Josh Spiegelman. As we usually do, we're kicking off the show with our stats man, Josh Spiegelman, to get into the best performers from the Denton Engineering Cup from round nine, mate, and let's get into it short and sweet. First of all, welcome back to the show, mate. Good to have you on again.
2: Yeah, cheers, Chris, mate. Great
1: to be back. Must be starting to feel like part of the furniture, mate.
2: Yeah, 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 it feels like home now, mate. It's been a good month, so, yeah, getting the groove together, and it's, yeah, great run so far.
1: One, one day I'm just not going to show up, and, get, and you're going to find yourself at the steering wheel, mate. But anyway, until that day, we'll just keep <laughs> chatting footy.
2: Yeah, sounds good, mate.
1: All right, let's have a look, mate. Uh, Macquarie led 20 points to nil at half time against Cessnock, and looked like they were in absolute cruise control before Cessnock decided to come out in the second half with a different script and put on 40 points to six in the second half to run away 40 to 26 winners. Mate, uh, who were the standouts here? There was plenty of points scored, so I'm sure there was plenty of attacking stats to start with.
2: Yeah, there definitely was, mate. What a game of two halves, like you mentioned here. Yeah, we've got, got a couple of plays to run through here. Just outside of the points, very narrowly, I'm just going to give a shout-out to score from Matt Moon again. He was unlucky. He scored a try, two tackle busts, 2 offloads, and 44 tackles at 94%. So amazingly, he's not getting a point here, but he had a great game starting in the second row uh, that week, that game. Uh, but if we go 3-2-1, we're going to go, uh, we'll go three points this week. Tyron Roberts-Davis um, from Cessnock. He was, he was great. He obviously scored that try, six and six goals and a lot of which were from the sideline. Um, he also made two line breaks off the strong carries and was safe as usual. So three points to him this week.
1: Yeah, he's, uh, he's been one of the star performers and that's five points in the last two rounds for him. So uh, really finding, uh, some sweet patches of form, mate. Uh, who took out the minor placings?
2: Yeah, two points here for um, Luke Higgins. Of course, mentioned him a lot on the show. So, um, yeah, he had a brilliant week. Another workhorse uh, numbers here. Uh, 178 metres from 18 carries. That's 10 metres a carry. That's a, that's a great mark to hit. And also 30 tackles at 97% effectiveness. He also had six tackle busts and a line break and an offload. So I did the old quick maths here for the SuperCoach: 88 points for Luke Higgins this week. So... He was the best out of the bunch
1: for me. Not bad. In the middle, mate. Um and uh look we're gonna we're gonna need his big super coach performance from the other L Higgins if he wants to start chalking some points, mate.
2: Yeah, mate. <laughs> he had a good game too, but um yeah, I know you can hit me up if he gets angry about not being mentioned, but no, uh, he's 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 a workhorse too, the brother.
1: He certainly is, mate. And uh, the, the one point, mate, went to a returning star. And if there's anyone sitting on one point at this point of the season that could make a late charge, Jared Hayne-esque, uh, probably not a great comparison, but uh, like he did <laughs> back in that Dally M year of 2009, I'm going to say off the top of my head, um, then then this man has the absolute ability to do so, returning to the comp at the midway point.
2: Yeah, mate, Scott Briggs, he pit that move for one point here just because he was so influential in that second half assessment. Of off, He had three try assists for his side led them in that account yeah you, And without him I don't think they make that huge push in the second half with that comeback so couldn't go past giving him the point
1: yeah excellent mate and uh, great to see him back in our competition a phenomenally talented athlete and uh, would have been great to see the battle between him and his nephew Callum Briggs for Macquarie on the weekend but uh, I'm sure we'll see plenty of both of those guys starring uh, throughout the back end of the season mate let's move on to the, uh, the, the next game off the rank which uh by my calculation, sorry, mate, I've just lost my screen, uh, is the uh, like Lakes though. win over Curry, mate. So, uh, yeah, it was, it, Curry probably went into this one favourites, but uh, there was a bit of a wedding on Friday night, which probably left a couple of sore heads, and uh, Mitch Cullen might have had um, a bit of a sore head as to questioning what was going on after that game. But undoubtedly, Lakes probably uh, could have won this one by more, mate, and, and I think looking at your points, that uh, it's a fairly Lakes-dominant list.
2: Yeah, it is, mate. It's a very strong win by Lakes. I thought they were really up for this match. I uh, noted their effort areas were much improved. Their players pushing up off the ball, supporting each other. So the win for Lakes now sees, um, yeah, the only uh, they're only two points behind Curry now on the ladder. Both of the game in hand. So as you mentioned off air, the ladder's getting nice and tight, and the, the race is heating up. So if we go down the points here, let's give um, three points to Nash Birch, the hooker for Lakes. He had two tries of his own to go with three line break assists, try assists. Line break, five tackle busts, and 25 tackles at 96%. So he is the super coach performer of the week, up 116 points if, if there was a super coach for this
1: league. Mate, great great work when you consider that uh, he was uh, filling in for the injured Temple Kalipo, who we gave big reps to uh, last week when we were talking about lakes. But uh, look, you know Temple might have his work cut out when he comes back trying to clutch that nine jersey back off Nash's back.
2: Yeah, it seems that way, mate. It's, um, yeah, luxury for um, Robbie to have there at Lakes with those two those two hookers.
1: Certainly is, mate. And who took out the minor placings there?
2: Yeah, yeah. Nick Glowy got the two points for me here. He could have easily got a three-point here in any other game. But yeah, but said, Nash
1: Birch was just amazing on the field. So
2: glowy he led the team with runs with 13 carries, 156 metres, um, 12 metres per carry. So that was one of the highest of the round. Um, he smashed open Curry's line three separate times for line breaks, breaking four tackles. And he was busy in defence, topping the team in tackles at thirty-two at ninety-four percent. So great effort again from the Scottish ex-Scottish
1: international. And as we'll see, mate, it, it gets him up onto our leaderboard in a little bit, which we'll talk about. But who picked up the uh, the, the most minor of the points? The one pointer there.
2: Yeah, the one point goes to Matt Cooper, the fullback. He scored a try, ran for one hundred and forty metres from twelve carries. Also registered a try assist, line break assist, and two tackle busts. So I thought he did very well from the back again.
1: Yeah, he was strong. I was fortunate enough to be sideline for that game, and and it was a good game and a great performance by Lakes. Let's head on down the coast, mate. Let's head to Edsac Oval, and it was the entrance hosting Wes. Uh, Wes, a good win on the road, 32-14, picking up their second win of the season, back-to-back wins on the Central Coast. so They'll be uh, undoubtedly very happy with picking up four points from those two tough road trips. But, uh, mate, the standouts for the Rosellas, uh, again, Probably could have blown this score out a little bit more, so I'm not surprised to see three West players picking up the points.
2: Yeah, mate. Yeah, West ran out of that 28 nil lead early, which was just too much for the entrance to overcome. So it's two losses in a row now for the entrance, and I noted it doesn't come any easier next week. They go up against a hungry Scorp site at Wild Peacock. That's so going to be another test for the entrance. But on the other hand, West have had um, two wins in a row now. So yeah, based on this performance, I thought they had some great slick backline moves. That you know, that spine delivered some beautiful balls through the game. Yeah, and as you said, due to that, they, they get the points here. So, three points for West Half Hayden Lowry. He had two tri assists, two line break assists, and a try contribution. Two points to West Half Max same famous name there. He had two tri assists and a line break assist. And the one point was tough to split between um, for the entrances. Jairus uh, Glamazino was pretty good, and West fullback Stephen Witters, and West centre Heath Gibbs. But ultimately, I went with Alado Heath-Gibbs. Heath-Gibbs, he had two tries, and a number of tackle busts, and strong carries.
1: I'm sure Steve Witters won't lose any sleep after missing that, uh, after picking up the Tui's man of the match for the Bar TV feature match of the round, mate. So, uh, Stevie Witters will be uh, happy, happy enough not to have got the point, but to have uh, got the, uh, the voucher from Tui's, mate.
2: I'm sure he will, mate. I'm sure he will. I'll be looking out for him going forward, because, yeah, as everyone noted, he did have a very strong game.
1: Yeah, he's, he's been there and thereabouts and as have West for a number of weeks this year. Uh, let's jump on to the next of the games, mate, the penultimate game of the round, which was South Newcastle hosting Wiong Roos. Um, I can't go without mentioning this anomaly. It just frustrates me every time I get on the New South Wales Rugby League site. The fact that it says exactly. that all of South's games are being played at Townsend Oval in Minto. Yep, <laughs> I
2: I've, I've tweeted New South Wales Rugby League about that. Nothing's happened so.
1: Mate, it's bad bad enough that everything else is generically either Newcastle or Central Coast as a suburb, but uh, the fact that that's then Minto, just anyway. You know, first world problems, mate, but uh, it was the Lions 24-12 over Wyong, a good win their second of the season after their earlier win over West a couple of weeks ago. And uh, again, it was one of those games where the lower-ranked team went in and uh, probably they started a little bit slowly here. And certainly we we talked with Ryan Glanville later in the show. I'm sure it'll be a focus for them moving forward, but... They just put the foot on the throat after uh, about half an hour and didn't look back.
2: Yeah, that's true, mate. Um, it was a pretty important win for South here because they had to keep pace with the clubs around them. Obviously, Western, um, Lakes, they have a game in hand over South. Um, and then next week, it's pretty tough for South against the Red Hot Cessna team, as we talked about. But that that is in Merriweather, not Minto. it's a bit of a leg up there for South. Um, yeah, Wyom's three defeats in a row now for the Wyom team. And they don't have it easy next week going against Central, who we'll talk about in the following match. But if we just read down the points here, um, I gave three points to South Hooker Mitch Black, who also moves up the leaderboard into six points, as we'll mention later again. He made 44 tackles with only one miss, and he won 98% of these tackles, which was key to South winning the rucks. Um And his effort areas were great. He had a team-high seven third-man into tackles, which is a stat I call for another effort area. Get a third man into a tackle making that effort. Uh, equal high four meaningful kick pressures. And in an attack, he ran the ball seven times and won all of his carries with a line break, a tackle break, and an effective offload. So a lot of stuff to get through there for Mitch Black, but you can see why he got the three points.
1: Absolute standout, mate. And uh, it doesn't sound like there was much he couldn't do, uh, unfortunately. The other thing was uh, not get across the stripe, but uh, they had plenty of those anyway, the four tries, more than enough to win, mate. And I know you've got at least one of the try scorers amongst your minor points.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, tight score. here, two points south, uh, Harry Croker off the bench, He was, um, a great boost for that side when he came on, dynamic, he, as I said, scored that try, had a line break assist of his own, at team-high nine tackle busts off the bench, four offloads and 20 tackles, so two points for Harry Croker.
1: Yeah, he's certainly, uh, been, uh, playing well when he's been available for south, has Harry Croker, and, uh. If I'm not mistaken, I'm just trying to have a look at the moment, uh, I think he may have been named on the bench for the Knights in New South Wales Cup this weekend, so they won't uh, see him. So um, a good reward for a, a strong showing for Souths. But uh, the, uh, the last of the points here is a uh, is a guy who's been around at Souths and formerly at Macquarie for some time, and he's, uh, he's a crowd and fan favourite uh, up the middle.
2: Yeah, he is, mate. Yeah, Brendan Simpson, obviously, big number 10 there. He had a line break, and he had eight tackle busts, which was quite impressive, off 17 carries, and he won 87% of those carries, which is a great mark for a front rower. like Mitch Black, played a key role in winning that ruck um, I'll just give a shout-out to Jake Lawrence, too. He was very close in contention for that point there, but uh, both, I thought both front rowers did a great job to South setting that platform.
1: Hey, that's, that's impressive. Eight tackle busts off 17 runs, so basically every second run he's busting a tackle. Uh, that's yeah, the sort mate. of stuff that um, that Matt Kennedy would, would be uh, really enjoying and uh, hoping he can continue to replicate uh, in the coming weeks. They've got a, a tough run over the next few weeks. I think they take on the top four sides over the next four weeks south.
2: Yeah, I think I mentioned Steph Knox the next game, so that's their second crack, um, the grand final rematch. But... Uh yeah, as you mentioned with those runs, mate, he bent the line every single time. I just saw Wyong Defender fly about a couple of metres back. So if he continues that up. Yeah, he's setting good, good platforms going forward.
1: Lovely, mate. Let's wrap it up with uh, the game that for mine was almost the most surprising of the weekend, not in terms of who won it, but in terms of the margin of victory. An absolute clinic from Matt Lantry's Maitland Pickers 30 to 6 on the road against the previously ladder leading Central Newcastle. Uh, the pickers now on top of the pops with a game in hand.
2: Yeah, mate. Yeah, uh, similar to a game we mentioned earlier, the half-time score was quite close. It was six all. So another game of two halves. Maitland had that dominant second half. Um, yeah. Before we get into those points, I just wanted to mention Central's uh, Tui Mama, Uta, Uta, who dislocated his knee this match just after halftime. I was he was in the points, but I mean, you know, I thought he was Central's best in the first half. He scored their only try at. Strong carries and often found his front, winning the ruck, and he was pretty safe under the high of using a few of those mail-in attacks. So, just want to give a shout out to him. He's, you know, long rehab ahead, but yeah, great first half.
1: He's he's certainly been strong for them this year. He's uh he's probably the closest thing I've seen in Newcastle rugby league over the last few years to sort of a a Nofaluma sort of you know big bodied carrier who can still move in tight space as well. So uh, yeah, we we certainly wish him all the best. A, a pretty horrible injury there. No, no injury is a good one, but. That one, as you say, is a long road to recovery, and we hopefully will see him back uh, bigger and better than ever in the literal sense uh, in 2022.
2: Yeah, mate. Yeah, best of luck to him. Mean, I'm sure he'll you know, stronger and bigger than ever, so
1: good luck. Mate, let's get into the points for this one. Uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit for, forward-focused this week, which I like to see.
2: Yeah, the forwards uh, dominate, well, two out of three at least. Um, so we'll kick off with the three points to none other than Sam Anderson. Climbing up the leaderboard as well here, he scored a great try, a line break off that try, obviously. Three tackle busts, 120 metres with 15 carries, 29 tackles at 97%, and he would have scored your 85 Super Coach points this week, so I thought he had just a great all-round effort.
1: Would have been very happy to have this C next to Big Sam's name in your Supercoach team in the Newcastle Rugby League with 85 points.
2: Yeah, definitely, mate. And if we move on to the two points, I'm going to give it to the back. Matt Sopalola, he had the two tries. Um, one was from the forced era where he made that great intercept. Uh, Maylon actually scored two intercept tries this match, sort of, you know, flipping the game a bit. You know, Bradley got the other one. Uh, yeah, but back to Sopalola, he had a strong match. 14 runs, 142 metres, uh, winning 83% of his carries. Had an offload, a tackle bus, 12 tackles at 86%, which is good for a centre. Uh, he would have got your 73 points on Supercoach. So, yeah, two
1: points there for sub law Mate, you must be just absolutely burning the uh, the uh, coils out in your calculator, the chips there <laughs> with the amount, amount of numbers you're crunching. I love it. Uh, Supercoach points, stats as well. He's got it all. Let's wrap it up. We are up to the last game, the last point to be given out for this round before we fire through the leaderboard at the close of round nine. Yeah, mate,
2: giving give a point here to big front row, Jaden Butterfield. Uh, 17 runs for 148 metres, 21 tackles at 95%. And he won 90% of those tackles, which is obviously key. Uh, winning the ruck there, being square at mark or back 10 each time and affecting, or affecting a slow play of the ball. Um, he also added two tackle busts and an offload in attack. So, yep, Anderson for three, Sokolola two, and Butterfield one for the points here.
1: Lovely, mate. Now, before we jump into the leaderboard, I will fire through our top try scorers, which we shared during the week, and also our ladies' tackle points. So the top try scorers, mate, it's three tied at the top of the leaderboard now. Uh, LeBrock and Bradley failing to score on the weekend. Joe Woodbury leaps up to equal with them. Uh, So the three of them all on nine. Royce Jeffrey back on seven. The man that picked up three points in the Scorpions' and Cessnock game, Tyrone Roberts-Davis on six. Uh, Rob Bursaro, also there on six, and then we've got four players back on five before an absolute crowd after that. Cameron Anderson, Zane Rickett, Tom Hughes, and Terrence Cucu. I'm still still pushing that petition for Zane Rickett to get some more game time. Those five tries in two games, if he plays the last eight games, no one catches him.
2: (laughs) It would seem that way,
1: mate. Uh, And in the ladies' tackle... Uh, We have uh, the top three. We've got Amy Waterhouse of South sitting on 32 points. Ash Harvey, who unfortunately didn't play against Central due to a groin injury on the weekend, sitting on 38 points. And Tani Milgate now, the Central Centre, streaking the field after a personal tally of 12 points with a try and four goals on the weekend. First of the women's tackle players to bring up the half century. So well done to Tani. And uh, undoubtedly, Ash and Amy and some of the others behind her will be... Closing in, we've got a few of the girls there on six and seven tries, so they'll be charging at the leaderboard if they can pick up a few more tries as well. But, mate, let's wrap up this segment with our leaderboard for the Stats Statsman uh, Player of the Year. And let's go in reverse order, mate. Do you want to fire through the guys on six points uh, who are in equal ninth for our leaderboard?
2: Yeah, sure, mate. So we've got um, two representatives of Maitland here, James Taylor and Sam Anderson. Uh, we have obviously Terrence to from Wyong, Will Pearson from the entrance, uh, Tyron Robert Davis has got up there now for Chestnock, and it's great to see two players from the club, Mitch Black from South and Nick Glow from Lakes, both on six points.
1: Well, great to see, you, mate. Not only have we got uh, six clubs represented in equal ninth place, but uh, that means we've got nine of our ten clubs represented and. Uh, undoubtedly West being the only one missing. If they can continue their back-to-back wins, it won't be long before one of their players sneaks up there too. So great to see and probably shows the evening out of the comp. Uh, On seven points, mate, I might do the seven and the eight and I'll let you do the honours of the nine. On seven points, two absolute stalwarts and uh, superstar players in their own right, Central Newcastle's Luke Walsh and Mitch Williams, the wyong variety that is, of course. Uh, On eight points... Uh, another ex-NRL player in Tyler Randall from Curry and the uh, out, uh, the centre from Macquarie, Royce-Jeffrey. And, mate, uh, the top four all in equal first place on nine points. Who have we got there?
2: Yeah, so the three players that were there last week uh, didn't get a point this week, which meant um, the fourth member, Luke Higgins, who received two points for the Scorps game, creeps up into not into equal first. So we've got Luke Higgins from Macquarie and then... Uh, Cameron Anderson from Central, Brock lampard Malin, and Adrian Davis from Cessnock. So
1: it's an absolute talent there. Excellent, mate. Well, an absolute pleasure as always. We might uh, take a little bit of a break. I've got uh, a couple of guys to catch up with in Ryan Glanville from South Newcastle and Zach Johns, player coach for the Abermain Western Hawks, to talk Denton Engineering Cup and uh, also the Newcastle 100 Community Rugby League, both men's and women's varieties and then uh, you and I might come back with a little brief wrap-up of uh, what's going to be, or a prediction I should say, on what's going to be an abbreviated NRL round and a, a quick spiel on Origin, mate. Yeah, sounds good, mate. Thanks, mate. And we're back with the uh, segment of the show where we delve deep into the Denton Engineering Cup and I am fortunate to have uh, today our second guest for the year from the South Newcastle Lions Club. Unfortunately, he hasn't spent much time on the paddock, but I know from talking to him off air that he's certainly counting down to hopefully a date later in the season all being well that he can get back on the paddock and join his side who are now coming off a, uh, a strong win last weekend, and uh, he's none other than uh, injured 5'8", Ryan Glanville. Ryan, thanks for joining us on the show. No worries, mate. Thanks for having us. Mate, um, as I said off the top there, uh, spirits are reasonably high around south after, mate, a, a good win there in the uh, in the reserve grade, uh, sorry, in the first grade. Uh, reserve grade went down unfortunately, but uh, yeah. first grade having a good strong win on the weekend and getting their second of the season.
3: Yeah, it's been, um, been a Bit of a different sort of field of training at the moment. This week it's been um, really upbeat and positive compared to the last couple of weeks, so it's been really enjoyable, and I think the boys are ready to get going again for that
1: Yeah, certainly, mate. And um, what's been the key? Do you think to that turnaround and uh, you know, getting getting a bit of getting a bit of momentum and and you know, as you said, excitement. Obviously, the wind doesn't doesn't hurt, but winds don't just come about by accident.
3: Yeah, exactly. I think probably for us, it's just been getting back to basics and all the fundamentals of footy. Um, we probably sort of haven't completed the last couple of weeks as well as we need to and we've, we've really um, stepped it back at training and just gone back to our basics and just learning all those fundamentals and the key aspects of the game. and I think that's, um, that's shown on the weekend and hopefully it shows again this weekend.
1: Yeah, certainly mate and we'll, and we'll get into this week's game in a minute but... I'm guessing that the talk from from certainly Matt Kennedy and some of the others around the club, mate. Um, you know, if we go back over the last five rounds, we go back to the entrance, a loss by three points, um, a win against Wes, an eight-point loss to Lakes, an eight-point loss to Curry. Finally, it was just stringing together those little bits that where you're just falling short, I suppose, mate, to get you know what end up being a 12-point win against a, a pretty solid Wyong side that have been yeah. in um, been in OK form, sitting mid-table.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, we sort of been in most games this year and, as you said, only just getting pipped at the end. And I think this or previous weekend against Wong, the big focus for us was um, dominating that second half where we sort of come out of the blocks a bit bit slow there. So we really focused on nailing our second half and that, that showed scoring about 16 points there. So I think if we can do that again and over the next couple of weeks, I'm sure we'll be able to build some momentum.
1: And, mate, has there been, do you think there's been anything in terms of key players or surprise players that have sort of – well, not surprise probably isn't the right word, but players that have probably exceeded some of the expectations of them so far this year? Uh, I mean, we see a lot of the similar names that we've seen over recent years, you know, looking through, like, you know, the Merlots, the Keelans, these sorts of guys. Um, yep. But has, has there been anyone that's popped up for you that you think's really put themselves on the radar this year and, and become a key cog for Souths? Um, yeah, there's, there's probably a few that
3: have thrown their hands up individually. Um, we've had Jake Dooley come across to us this year. He's been down in Wagga and a few other places, and he really, um, he's really brought about a strong culture to the club. And he's been, it's been pretty exciting to see him play. And sadly, he's out injured at the moment, but I'm fairly certain we get him back over the next week or two, and um, he'll be a really handy pickup for us, sort of towards the end of the year.
1: Yeah, and uh, mate, cer- certainly, you know, the whole of club going reasonably well. If we look at the uh... You know, there's the five sides this year. You've got the uh, the A-grade in the Newcastle and Hunter competition, and I was uh, fortunate enough to referee them on the weekend in an absolute cracker against <laughs> Cardiff there, sitting in fifth spot, and uh, some old favourites and faithfuls floating around there, mate, uh, with Hoppy, Dwayne Sampson, uh, Brendan Rodimer and the likes uh, all still yeah. applying their trade in the red and white, which is great to see, mate. They're, um, you know, legacy club guys to ha- and good to have around the club, undoubtedly.
3: Yeah, they are. They're um, terrific fellas, and they're always... They've always been good to the club, and... Um, I'm sure they're enjoying their footy together. A bit different there down at, down, playing in the open grade now, or playing in that pub footy comp. It's um, probably not ideal for clubs having five grades, but um, they've certainly jumped on board and given it a real crack this year and trying to create that culture that to that South are known for.
1: Yeah, exactly, mate. And um, while we're on that Newcastle of Hunter realm, you've also got the the women's tackle side, mate. Uh, they've they're sitting sitting fifth of six teams in the A grade. There's two grades of the women's tackle for those that aren't as au okay fait yeah. with it. But I know they've certainly mixed it with a couple of the top sides, and they're only you know, a couple of wins behind Berkeley Vale and West, who sit in equal second. So um, I'm sure uh, the the old man who's involved in coaching them, mate, uh, will have them prime for a run to, to try and climb that ladder over the uh, second half of the season.
3: Yeah, certainly. I think they're um, expected to get a few girls back, which will certainly help their case. Um, but I think they've also had a few few newcomers to rugby league this year so i think once they start getting comfortable with the sport i'm sure they'll um they'll put their best foot forward
1: certainly mate uh, and on, on a much more positive note your under 19s they're sitting on top of the ladder uh so great to see a good young crop of lines coming through as well mate uh six wins from their nine games or eight games with a bye there
3: yeah um we, we probably haven't had the best 19 side over the last couple of years so it's been great to to finally get a good side come through and Hopefully we can use them over the next year or two and sort of blood them into first grade because there's some quality players there.
1: Yeah, definitely mate. And then the Reggie's boys um, look—you know—they're sitting six of nine teams on the ladder, equal fifth with Maitland and Cessnock either side. So this weekend will be a crucial game, which we'll get into in a little bit for them. But uh, still, well and truly within striking distance of sort of probably the top two teams starting to break away in Northern Hawks and Central, but. Um, You know, there's a real bunch there mid-table from Lakes in 8th all the way up to West in 3rd. So they'll be looking to put a couple of wins together as well.
3: Yeah, for sure. They're probably a bit similar to us with the tight comps and probably just losing a few games towards the end of the game there. Um, They're probably pretty similar to us where they're focusing massively on their second half and um, over the next couple of weeks, they'll be looking to get a few wins to try and climb up
1: that ladder. Yeah, well, that's it. Northern Hawks, the runaway leaders, I mean, they've got an absolutely stacked side in reserve grade. We know the situation there, which is great for them to see them entering the comp. But your boys last week, 16-10, yeah. I think it was they went down. So, um, as you said, they're not very far away at all. Um, so, if they can just just close out those last little bits, then they'll uh, start chalking a few more Ws. Yeah, definitely. They, um, they've they probably lost a bit of cattle. A few boys coming up to first grade. So, I think,
3: you know, once they get those sort of players back, they'll um, definitely give it a, a shake-up.
1: Lovely, mate. And um, we talked about your win before, but it was it was a real round of upsets in first grade last week. I think Cessnock were the only side that was higher ranked on the ladder going into their game that won the game, and and in that, many people had Macquarie tipped as the uh, favourites at home. So, let's have a run through the results, mate, and just get your thoughts on the round as a whole after I've fired through the five results. So Saturday was just the one game, and Macquarie losing a twenty to nil first half lead to go down forty to twenty six, and absolutely. Red-hot second half from the Goannas, welcoming in Scott Briggs, who's well-known to anyone who's a fan of local footy and a huge addition for them. Lakes, 30, defeated Curry, 16. They were very strong. The Seagulls at home. West went down to the entrance for a 32-14 to 14 win over the entrance Tigers. Yourselves, 24-12 winners over Wyong. And uh, the top-of-the-table clash probably didn't deliver what it might have been hyped up for, mate. 30-6, to six, Maitland uh, really stamping, I guess, themselves as, as premiership favourites and, and leaping to the top of the ladder.
3: Yeah, they are. Uh, they certainly a red-hot side, that Maitland side, and um, can't really see too many sides beating them this year. Um, possibly, maybe in the finals when things get interesting. But over the next couple of weeks, I can't see too many sides knocking them off. There, they're, they're a class above at the moment, and they're, they're stacked right across the board.
1: Yeah, they certainly are. But uh, I, I think the key from those results, especially for yourselves. West and Lakes, um, and West and Lakes, obviously, alongside Maitland and Curry, have got the benefit of having a game in hand, which we caught up in a few weeks in that representative round. But it now means that there's only, uh, well, six points separating Lakes in 10th to Macquarie in 4th, but more crucially, there's only two wins separating Lakes, yourselves, and West at the bottom with the entrance in 5th place. So the top three sides have got a little bit of a gap on everyone, but certainly, you know, you're only a couple of wins out of finals football, which after the probably slower start, as you said, just missing those results by close margins is is probably not a bad spot for you guys to be considering.
3: No, it's not. I think we've got a tough month ahead of us, but if we can sort of jag two out of the four wins there, I think we sort of place ourselves for a strong finish there and hopefully some some games go our way and we can start climbing that ladder. But like you said, it's a very tight comp and sort of any side from hence there can really sink into the fifth spot.
1: Yeah, and, and you talk about that and obviously the, the way the ladder sits at the moment, you take on the top four sides over the next four weeks. So as you say, if you pick up a couple of wins from those, put yourselves right into striking distance um, and then you know against those other sides that are going to be battling for Possibly, you know, especially if you can get the win this week against, uh, you know, Cessnock or Macquarie next week who sit in fourth. You're going to be fighting yeah. for those fourth and fifth spots. I mean, it's probably going to be, well, let's not say a bridge too far, but it would be a, a fairly big result if, for you guys to make your way all the way up to the top three. But certainly, you know, it's just about getting into that finals race and then, you know, stringing together four wins from there. It sounds nice and easy, doesn't it? <laughs>
3: well, On paper, it sounds pretty easy, but rugby uh, league's like a strange game, so... Yeah, I think we'll take each week as it comes and just hopefully keep building on our momentum that we've, we've built from last week and over the last couple of weeks. But like I said, if we can sort of get those few wins together early, we can come home pretty strong, I think.
1: Lovely, mate. Well, on that note, let's start with your game this weekend. You take on Assess not Goanna's side, who are in really strong form. Um, they've obviously been playing quite well, bringing Scott Briggs, which allows Liam Foran to go back to that bench role, which is probably where his strength is at this stage of his career. Um, They also welcome in a few other players this week. Harry O'Brien returns at fullback. Jaden Young comes back in on the bench. And a guy that a lot of the South boys will know quite well, Cameron King, comes in as well. So uh, they're going to be a a big task this week. And I guess that's where that, you know, we've turned the corner now of the midway point. That's where that run to the finals for South starts.
3: Yeah, exactly. They're they're pretty strong across the board, like you said. Um, King coming off the bench, having Harry back at fullback there certainly adds a bit of value. I think Macquarie sort of showed on the weekend, um, if you can get a strong start on them and build on that in the second half, um, you're a long way to winning that game. So I think for us, it'll be a strong focus on winning those first sort of 10, 15 minutes of each half and really building on that for the game.
1: Yeah, certainly, mate. And um, as you would have seen from Macquarie too, it obviously uh, is going to take a significant eighty-minute effort, mate. Um, yeah. We saw not put on forty points against a side that Macquarie, while they're off their game, by no means even them at sort of seventy or eighty percent where they were. Are they a, a poor side? So um, you know, when you've got the likes of you know Scott Briggs and, and Adrian Davis in the halves, uh, there, there's you know you've got to be on alert at all points. Yeah, exactly. Um,
3: they sort of showed on the weekend that they can they can score from anywhere as well. So as long as you're in the game for eighty minutes, you give yourself a chance, but you're gonna have to be you have to be on song from from a get go really against sides like that's not going top of the range table. So I think um yeah, it'll be a tough ask for us this weekend, but I'm sure the boys are really ready to go.
1: Yeah, exactly, mate. The other games on Saturday will start with uh, Macquarie. Now they take on the entrance at home. It's their third home game in four Unfortunately for them, they're on a string of three losses after a really good start to the season. So they're going to have to really work to bounce back against the entrance, who have been probably a little bit of a roller coaster side. The entrance um, haven't really had a, a strong form line where they've been able to string too many results together. What do you think will be the keys here, mate?
3: Yeah, I think if Macquarie, um, yeah, if they can build on what they did in the first half, um, I think they'll be probably a little bit too strong for the entrance. If I, um, if I remember correctly, too, I think the entrance beat them in round one.
1: They certainly, um, they certainly did. I think round one, uh, twenty two to twelve, they knocked them over down there at the entrance. Uh yeah, the entrance, I think Yeah. Yeah, I
3: think Macquarie at home, I think, you know, they'll be raring to go after those three losses. Um, they'll start to build their momentum again. I think already been beaten by the entrance again, they want to prove that they're they're definitely a top three side I wouldn't this week.
1: They certainly will. Uh, The entrance naming in an extended squad, as have Macquarie. Macquarie, probably a big out for them. Uh, Young Callan Briggs, he's been an absolute star this year. We we talked about Scott before, but the next generation of Briggs coming through, uh, again, we know, phenomenally talented family, all of them that have come through, whether it be Scott, Jacob, we see Randall at Central, Isaac coming in off the bench as well at different points for Macquarie. Um, Young Sam Abraham as well have big shoes to step into there, mate. Yeah, for sure. Um, Looking at
3: some of their games over the last couple of weeks. Um, he's been really good for them out, out wide, and I certainly miss that stroke value that he's that he brought to the side this year. But I'm um, sure this young fella will do a job for them. Um, they always seem to bring in some quality players, so I'm sure he knows what, what he's got to do, and I'm sure the team uh, will expect the same.
1: Yeah, 100%. Mate. The next two games are interesting ones purely because of the fact they were the round one matchups. Uh, But they will washed out. So these sides will play each other twice in three weeks because they'll resume in those catch-up games in the washout round uh, the weekend of the 26th of June. Uh, The first of those is West hosting Lakes. Both sides are um, fairly similar to the side that was named last week. Uh, Just the one change for Lakes with... uh, Christopher Vialia coming out. Uh, Aiden Butcher, who I think was the 18th man last week, also not named for West. So uh, one space to be filled in the Lakes squad. But uh, both sides in, in starting to find a little bit of form. And look, they're probably not packed to the, to the uh, brim with, with star names, a bit like yourselves, but two solid outfits that you can't take lightly on their day. And, and we know West at uh, Harker Overland, never easy. Yeah, exactly. Um,
3: yeah, both starting to build a bit of momentum of late. Yeah, we've sort of played both sides over the last couple of weeks as well, and um, they both put up a great fight. Sadly, we went down to Lakes, and um, to be honest, I thought they were a pretty good side considering you know they're sitting last on the table. And um, I think they'll be able to beat a few sides over the next couple of weeks. Um, They're they're pretty good, I think. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're able to knock off West here.
1: Yeah, I I certainly think there's, um, you know, and we talked about it. It was one of the conversation topics with Matt when we had him on the show pre season, your coach. Uh, You you just can't afford to take anyone lightly on their day. You cannot afford to switch off for, you know, windows. We saw it with, you know, a side as as good as Macquarie. Even for sort of, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes, you just just have to be on for 80 minutes. And if you're on for 80 minutes and your opposition isn't, then you're a good chance to walk away with the two points. If you're, you know, if you're playing your structured footy and disciplined and turn up for 80 minutes, then, you know, it's anyone's game on, on any given day.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, it just shows how tight this comp is and, and how strong this comp is. And um, I think it shows with how many, you know, you have X NRL players coming back through, you have Ex New South Wales Cup players coming back through. And, um, you know, that's promoting our region our region a lot. And it's certainly helping the footy that's been played here. And um, Yeah, like you said, if you're not on for 80 minutes, yeah, you're pretty much no chance of winning in the game.
1: Yeah, 100%. And speaking of needing to be on for 80 minutes, the next one is Maitland Pickers leading the ladder. Curry Bulldogs travel to Maitland Sports Ground, and it's going to be a really tough one for Curry, but uh, this isn't a bad list of ins. Henry Penn, Nathan Ross, Stephen Gordon, and Tyler Randall. So uh, two ex-NRL players, Steve Gordon, who's been around, you know, as an absolute gun and a strike center, and Henry Penn, who we saw what he could do when, he played, when they played against West. He scored the try that broke that game open just... Threw off about four different players, and, and you guys at South know him fairly well.
2: Yeah,
3: he's a quality player, Henry, and a great fella off the field as well. And Having those four boys back, I think, certainly will bridge the gap that they face this weekend. But like I said at the start, I just can't see too many sides beating Maitland over the next couple of weeks. I think um, having that confidence after putting on a good scoreline against Central will certainly help him this weekend. And um, if they don't take carry too lightly, I'm fairly certain they can sort of put them
1: to the sword as well. Yeah, Mitch Cullen certainly going to have his work cut out to uh, out-coach Matty yeah. Lantry there at uh, Maitland Sports Ground on Saturday. The final game of the round, and this one's an interesting one. Two sides coming off losses. They've both got a fairly talented roster, and again, we talk about ins. This list of ins for Central, uh, they have named an extended 21-man squad, so we'll wait and see who actually ends up uh, settling down in the side. But we've got Brad Murray, Dylan Pythian and Randall Briggs, three of the ins. So uh, they're some pretty handy names again to uh, bring back in at home uh, against the Wongroo side who do welcome in Damon Goolagong who is a very uh, strong centre in his own right. But, uh, yeah, this one will be an interesting one and I'm looking forward to the battle of the 5-8s. Pythian versus CUCU, uh, both guys who've tasted uh, rugby league at the top level.
3: Yeah, looking like it's going to be a good matchup. Like you said, both sides coming off the loss, so they'll both be hungry for a win, try and build their season back on track. A um, couple of excellent role players there too, so I think for central, that'll be the key for them, having that sort of quality in the halves there with Walshie and Pierce or if um, Muzz comes into the side, I'm not too sure. But you know, either way, their spine's looking um, pretty formidable and probably can't see Wong being able to beat a side like that with... Um, the spider at fullback he's, um, he's having a terrific year as well at the moment so I think if he can get back to his best I'm, sh- I'm sure um, I'll probably put Wong to the sword
1: as well. Yeah certainly there's plenty of battles to look forward to in this one uh, Junior Okeka versus Magnus Stromquist as well will be another good one as you talked about Luke Walsh uh, you know, the back rows of uh, Cook and Briggs versus Shaw and Marne as well. Uh, and also the uh, bragging rights that come out of this one of, of who's the better, Mitch Williams. Mitch Williams from Central getting a hat-trick uh, the other week, sure. Mitch Williams at nine as well, obviously the captain coach of uh, Wong. So that's probably the biggest battle here, mate. Yeah,
3: exactly. Uh, Mitch Williams from Central, yeah, like I said, scoring a hat-trick the other, the other weekend. Um, I can't imagine he scored too many of them. Um, so I'm sure he'd be pretty pumped about that, but... Mitchie Williams at Hooker—he's probably up there, one of the best players in our competition, and he's had a strong start to the year. So I'm sure if there's chance to win, it's going to be through him and through the middle there.
1: Yeah, certainly. He's uh, the experience that he brings to that side is uh, absolutely phenomenal, and you know he's one of the, the probably the best players I've seen that hasn't gone on to to have a you know an NRL career as such. So uh, you know it's probably been a blessing for those in Newcastle and Central Coast Rugby League we've been able to see him go round for so long. But, mate, um, all the best for you guys on Saturday. Hopefully, as we said, uh, you'll get an absolutely bumper crowd down there. It is a cracking day on Saturday. It's your ladies' day, 10.45. I think the A-grade will kick off, and uh, that's a bumper clash against Northern Lakes, who are one of the uh, the pace setters in that A-grade competition. So it'll be a big day for the boys. That's followed by your 19s, your Reggies, and yourselves uh, culminating the day all against Cessnock. And, you know, you're all fighting for spots in those three grades. So it'll be four cracking games of footy, undoubtedly. And... uh, well, worth the price of admission to get in and uh, get a few blue cans and, and give the boys some feedback, mate.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's looking like it's going to be a great day for all, for all people involved. And it's, it's great to be able to have open grades back, back on the same day and at Townsend with uh, the other three grades as well. We sort of missed that culture a bit there this year, but um, I'm sure Saturday night will flow on quite well.
1: Yeah, undoubtedly, mates. And a quick mention, we did talk obviously about the women's tackle. They will play on Sunday, part of the big grade day at Central as well. So that'll be a cracker clash as well uh, between those yeah. two sides at 11 o'clock at St. John Oval on Sunday.
3: Yeah, well, um,
1: I'm sure the girls
3: are, are prime for another sort of big performance. Um, they sort of got blown off the park the last, last time they met Central. So I'm sure they're, they're ready to give it back to them.
1: Excellent, mate. Well, all the best with the recovery. Hopefully, we'll see you back on the paddock before the end of the year and uh, undoubtedly, we'll uh, catch up with yourself and some of the boys from Towns and Oval in the not-too-distant future, hopefully, as you're making a, a charge towards uh, fourth and fifth places. Yeah, awesome. Thanks very much for having me. Um, take care, mate. All right, it's time to delve into some Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League and it's gotten around to that time of the year where we delve into some D-grade action Uh, and now that we have the good fortune, the D-grade and the Southern Conference have been brought together into one super D-grade competition. Uh, It's an absolutely bumper uh, grade now. I think 11 teams in total and we're fortunate enough to be joined by Abermone Western Hawks uh, player coach, Zach Johns. Uh, Zach Mate, uh, your first year over there running the ship at Abermain, you certainly probably had your work cut out, getting everyone back on task after a year off with COVID.
0: Yeah, surely did, mate. Not only that, we had a few new players as well that uh, haven't played before, so yeah, got me hands full, but we're, I think we're doing all right.
1: Yeah, well certainly, mate, the fact that you've got uh, both a men's and a women's side and, and fairly competitive in both is probably a tick for the local area there, and uh you know, um, also, you know, facing the, the fact Curry's got an open-grade side, Cessnock's got an open-grade side as well. So it's, it's probably good that numbers are, are thriving reasonably well. And speaking of Cessnock, you do get to have that local derby in your comp, which I'm sure you guys uh, certainly look forward to.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right, mate. Um, I usually, or used to play for Curry, and, you know, the Curry versus Cessnock thing is, it kind of sticks in the blood no matter where you go. So when me get the opportunity to play against Cessnock. It's, it's, uh, she's always a tough game.
1: Yeah, undoubtedly, mate. Local rivalries, everyone always steps up, but uh, let's have a bit of a chat, mate. Uh, in terms of uh, the club, we talked about it before, men's and women's this year. Uh, men's playing in the D-grade competition, women in the B-grade, ladies tackle, and uh, we talked about it before. The the girls are going quite well. They're sitting up in second spot, just one win off the top, and, and that win was represented by their loss to Ladder Leaders Karua last week, so you have to be happy with how the girls are travelling and uh, how are they adding to the club, mate?
0: Mate, uh, to be honest, they're bringing a good little crowd in there because uh, obviously, our haven't had that opportunity to have a girls team before. And um, Dazza and Sarah, the president of the club and his wife, they've you know started something that the old president wanted to start, and well, things are going pretty well. It's uh, it, it really is drawing in a good crowd for both the girls and us, which is you know it's great for the club.
1: Yeah, certainly, mate, and great to see. And as I talked about, they lost last week to Karua, which gave Karua outright lead on the competition. But they've got a, a really quick turnaround with a three thirty game on Saturday against Karua again. This time at home, and uh, you said off air, mate, uh, a few girls back in, so it promises to be uh, a mouthwatering clash uh, with an opportunity to pull back level on top of the table.
0: Yeah, mate, it's our uh, ladies' ladies' league week, week, so uh, all the will be on the sideline cheering them on and sinking cans and um. Yeah, giving them the, the extra push that they need and hopefully they get over the top and end up in first spot with a bit of luck, yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about that in a moment, mate. But I like, I like that uh, mentality. Uh, you'll certainly have a roaring trade at the bar this week with the boys playing earlier, which we'll get to that fixture in a moment, mate. But uh, <laughs> a little bit strategic there for a bit of fundraising for the club, uh, getting the boys on a few cans, hopefully after a win.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right, mate. It's uh, you've just got to behave and sink a few, but yeah, keep the mouth
1: shut. Yeah, exactly, mate. Just a little, a little bit of friendly banter, nothing more. But, uh, That's exactly right. Hey, let's have a little bit of a chat about the D-grade competition. I mentioned before, obviously, uh, we had the D-grade and the Southern Conference. They decided to bring them both together, which has been sort of an interesting amalgam. It means there is a little bit of travel involved, especially for yourselves as one of the most northern members of that comp, yourselves and Cessnock now. Um, so the comp, just to run through, you've got Cessnock, Glendale, uh, Lambton, New Lambton, also known as Waratah, Malibu, Cardiff, Budgie Lakes United, uh, Maitland United, West Maitland, yourselves, and Wanji. So it's a fairly diverse geographical range of teams, mate.
0: Yeah, mate. Uh, well, to be honest, when there was only, I think there was five or six, to, six five, of us in, in the uh, do grade. Yeah. Five in the do grade. Yeah, it was, that was, excuse the language, a bit of a shit show. You know, we would have had to play each other a few times and would have had a fair few buys there. So uh, we're, we're all pretty stoked that we're um, we're joined up with the Southern Division and it, it gives us a bit of a tougher comp as well. So, you know, we're there to play footy and put on a show and, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's a good thing. It's, I don't know what else to say. It is it's yeah. definitely
1: a good thing. Yeah, and I think certainly results are showing that, you know, both, you know, there wasn't much between the two grades realistically and it's probably balanced it out, evened it out and, you know, it would have been a bit sad really. I mean, five-team comp, the good news would have been that you would have made the finals by default, so that would have been a good start. Yeah, that's but-
0: exactly right. That's what kind of, it was good but sad at the same time, you know, there was, there was no extra push that we kind of, we for, and now we've got that extra push Yeah, we've got to train a bit harder, and I've been getting a lot more boys, I've been getting probably 20 boys to train, at least, every training session, which is something you don't really see any any great, so...
1: Yeah, a, bit, that's more a good in- thing for bit more incentive, mate, not facing three, possibly four buys in 16 rounds, which is an ideal, so, and and mate, the boys are performing pretty well, only the one lost so far this season, and uh, sitting equal top with, you know, a, pr- a pretty strong one side.
0: Yeah, that's right, so, um, you know, we we do have a couple of players that haven't played too much footy, or haven't played any at all with a few, but we're teaching them all the experienced blokes, we've got blokes like Jimmy Abbott, you know, Jimmy Abbott's 54-year-old, and He's still running, that's why. I can't retire. Um, <laughs> he's, and he does his job too, so he's also helping out with them little things, you know, tackle tech and stuff like that. We're trying to teach all these younger blokes or a few of these younger blokes that haven't played before. But, yeah, it's, it's one of them things, mate, that if, if we all join a bit of brotherhood and get together, and the stronger the brotherhood, the stronger the team, really. It, it due grade. It's not first grade, so... It's, it's one of them things that if you, if you join a good brotherhood together and join a um, uh, uh, good strength and have a, a strong team, then we we should do alright. Yeah, exactly. I know one you one got a few big boys, but um, nothing to be scared of. We should be fine.
1: No, mate, it's, the, the great thing I love about the D-grade footy is it's probably, you know, a yard or two slower than some of the other grades, but there's still some good skilled players on display and it's always uh, promises a physical encounter when you go out and get to watch it because there's... Uh, you, people might be a yard slower, but it gives you that extra second to line each other up and square up. And blokes tend to, exactly don't tend to right. run holes quite as much as they as they do in some of the higher grades, mate. And uh, as you said, there's some seasoned campaigners around. And I think uh, with the retirement of Simon Chappell from Stroud last year, Jimmy's taken the uh, title of the uh, elder statesman of the competition by a couple of years over the likes of Brooke Roach and co. So great to see him still going around for your side, mate. Yeah,
0: but is Brooke not playing this year? I thought he was.
1: Uh, Brooke is? No, Simon Chappell's retired, mate. He uh, was on uh, Stroud right at, the scary thing for me as a bloke in his mid thirties was when you look back at the stuff and Jimmy had no doubtly be the same, obviously he didn't quite play at the same level as Chapo, but Chapo was playing senior footy the year I was born in nineteen eighty seven. So um, <laughs> and I'm sure if you do the maths, Jimmy was probably doing the same well before you know, probably even some of your players, some of the more youthful ones, might have been born.
0: Yeah, uh, Jimmy's an old war bet, mate. So um he fought in Timor and then come back from there and started playing
1: footy. Right, okay. So mate, yeah,
0: he's as bad as he, he's as tough as they get, the bugger.
1: He is, mate. I've been out there to How Park and seen him put some shots on. That's for sure. And as you say, he does. He's just one of those guys that just delivers you. You know, that seven and a half to eight and a half every week. It's, you know exactly what you're going to
0: get. Yeah, that's exactly right. You put him in a spot, and he's going to do his job no matter where he is, which is great.
1: That's it, mate. Let's have a run through last weekend's results, and we'll have a quick look at the ladder. Uh, so, running through in reverse order on Sunday, Lakes a big win up there at Coronation Oval, which is no easy place to to visit. Forty to twelve, they knocked off West Maitland. Uh, we have yeah, quite- I went and watched that. Yeah, mate. Uh, what were your takeaways from watching that one?
0: Uh, mate, it was, it was one of them days, you know, it was it was cold, it was windy, and anything can happen on the paddock. Uh, it's, a, it's one of them things that you... We played Red Dogs, and I didn't play that game, but um, they were a very strong team, and they haven't got a bad team on the paddock, either. They're, they're pretty good, but I don't think they played the best of their ability compared to how they normally do, but Again, lakes were they were fit. They just kept going at it, and yeah, that's that's footy, mate. You win some, you lose some.
1: Certainly, do a couple of names jumping out to be there. Jordy Connolly, obviously, uh, played some first grade in recent years uh, in the uh, to his Cup competition. So at 5'8 for West Maitland, so he's certainly uh, no one to uh, underestimate. And uh, a blast from the past. Speaking of ex first graders, Brody Delaney, a former Lakes first grader, making his way back off the bench for Lakes in the D grade. So. Uh, He's, uh, he'd be a couple of years out of paddock, but uh, certainly still has some ability. If you've played at that level, uh, you never quite lose that touch.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right, mate. Mate, Jordy's probably one of the best players in our in dew in our competition. Um, yeah, he's he's Jordy's always been a freak. He's he's a good player. You can't really wipe that away for him. He's he's one of the blokes that'll lead that team to wherever they end up on the ladder. He, they'll end up up the top somewhere for sure. Yeah, they'll certainly he's, he's got good direction and he gets the boys behind him too, which is the best thing to do.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a lead-by-action sort of uh, player and certainly um, I don't doubt they'll be there when the whips are cracking. The other results from the weekend, Bajewi 36 defeated uh, Waratah slash Lambton, New Lambton 12. Wanji, another big win, 42-14 at Coronation on Saturday. Uh, Cardiff won by forfeit, unfortunately, from Cessnock on Saturday. And the final game, mate, uh, a tough road trip up to Malabula. 24-16, uh, your boys got the job done. Um, and I believe you might have finished the game with 12 players.
0: We pretty well I think it was about, I uh, wouldn't have even been 10 minutes in, mate, and we had 12 on the paddock. One of our boys got sent for a trip. But, um, yeah, we, we dug deep and it was freezing cold and windy and rainy. But, uh, yeah, dug deep and got the job done. It's, it was one of the things that, you know, after the game, I, I felt like slapping the young boat that got sent, but I coached him last year as well. He's not a bad kid. He's a good kid. He just – he was tired,
1: mate, and just stuck his foot out instead of diving and things happen. That's it, mate. A uh, bit of fatigue. These things tend to happen and uh, hopefully he lives and learns from it. And uh, you don't see too many people that are, uh, you know, smart footballers get sent for tripping more than once in their career, mate. That's for
0: sure. <laughs> I wouldn't call him smart, so it could happen again. <laughs> but <laughs> – but he, he's
1: tough, so that's what counts. Uh, well, hopefully you'll welcome him back in the not-too-distant future, mate. Uh, let's have a look at Oh, a, yeah. A let's have a look ahead to this weekend's round. And uh, there's some interesting fixtures, and, and we'll finish off with yours, but some time slots that are a bit all over the shop as well. Start with Wanji. They like a Friday night special down there at Wanji Oval, and it's a, it's a foreboding place to visit. Hopefully, Cessnock have rallied the troops after last week's forfeit, and uh, they're not going to have an easy easy job heading down to Wanji on a Friday night, uh, especially if they are light on troops, mate.
0: Yeah, without doubt. I hope their um, their clubs still open when the games finished. I know a couple of Southup boys. Um, me, one of my cousin's partners, Pat Curry. I'm not sure if he's playing this weekend. And and Kate's son, Fletch, plays for him as well. He's I had Fletch in uh, two year ago in their under seven oons, and we won the grand final with him. So yeah, um, he Fletch pulls magic out of his ass, mate. He's, he's <laughs> you can you can tell Maddie and Joe his uncle. He um he's he he could come out with some magic, you never know. He's one of them young blokes he's he's only small but he seems to find a hole everywhere he runs, so you never know. Sestock's probably one of our hardest games that we've played. We um we there was a few injuries in that game. I, I think I fucking bruised me sorry, mate, I swore. It's all right. It's all right. I bruised think I bruised me, me sternham against one of their players when we're playing them and it's still playing off on me now, so I can't really say to them say too much bad about they, um, Yeah, they, they'll probably give him a run for their money if they get a full squad back, to be honest.
1: Well, fingers crossed for our mates, and, and maybe Fletcher will take some inspiration from uh, the fact that both his cousins are in the NRL this week, Jack name for the Knights, which is very exciting for um, football, football up in that area to see that family having a second generation coming through uh, in uh, the uh, NRL, mate. But uh, we'll move on to Saturday's games. Uh early game here, 10.45 at Harker Oval. Lakes playing in grade against West. So they've moved their uh, D-grade side over there to host and New Lambton. And it's almost a, a home game. They play out of Ford Oval and Moratara Oval at different points. So only just across the drain from Ford Oval at Harker there. So this will kick off a bumper day for Lakes. Uh, this will be an interesting one, but Lakes will be, be buoyed by that big win last week, mate. And you'd have to think they'd go in favourites.
0: Yeah, oh, mate. I, 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 yeah. Lakes are favourites for sure, mate. They're pretty fit, like, cause they surprised me. I didn't think they'd have as much as what they did, but just to uh, always find in their front, the quick play, the balls, and you know, getting the ball across the line, and once again, it, that opens up the holes, you know. But um, yeah, I'd say Lakes are favourite for sure.
1: Yeah. So it's for uh, fifth playing night. The next one we've got is uh, Maitland United. Uh, three o'clock on Saturday at Coronation Oval, the ground they're sharing there with West Maitland. They take on Glendale. Glendale probably haven't quite found their best of their form, but Maitland United haven't exactly been consistent. So this one will be fourth versus 10th. But as we know in D-Grader, anything can happen. Glendale's still searching for their first win of the season, their two points uh, coming from a bye last round. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure Glendale got young Picky in the halves. Dicky used to play it over a couple of years ago. Okay. He, um, He's a good little half, mate. He's He plays eyes up all the time, which is good, and he always looks at the holes. I'm sure if there's someone there to, to back you up, he'll send him through the hole. But, um, yeah, personally, I think, Maitland United have got this one.
1: Lovely, mate. Uh, and the uh, the next one off the rank, uh, before we get back to your game, is Sunday down at Budgie Woy, Halaklani Oval, at midday, and it is Budgie Roy taking on West Maitland. Uh, as we talked about, I don't think you'll see West Maitland get... Uh, uh, that many points put on them too often this season. Uh, they're sitting in third place. be in sixth place, and we'll be eyeing off a chance for a bit of an upset and uh, sneaking their way into the top five. <laughs>
0: I don't know, mate. I've, you never know, but um, I, I think Red Dogs might have them. But I dare say there might be, might be a bit of, you know, trouble on the field. So it's it's, it's two teams with a lot of grunt about them, and no one will back down there. So, yeah. That's just the game don't
1: get called off. Yeah, fingers crossed they can get through 80 minutes and uh, mostly behave themselves. Uh, Malabula do have the bye, which I'm sure they'll relish after that uh, tough game against yourselves last week. And you guys will take on Cardiff, 2 o'clock, as we said, the curtain raiser for the ladies uh, at Howe Park, there in Abermain. And and Cardiff coming off, uh, as we said, that forfeit last week. So... Um, they're, they're a couple of weeks off a run so while they might be a little bit fresh they might be uh, a yard short as well whereas your boys obviously a very tough win last week against Malibu and be hoping to chalk another one mate and, and keep yourselves right up there alongside Wanji
0: Yeah uh, mate obviously I'm going to back ourselves here but um, you never know uh, I've got a fair few injuries happen, but you know, again we're, we're country boys mate we're pretty tough we'll, we'll play through them um I am hoping we get up being Ladies Day and putting a show on. There's gonna be a big crowd there, so all's on focus on mate is playing some tough footy and all my team walk off with a smile on their face now and they've given their best.
1: Yeah, certainly, mate. Uh we certainly know that uh Cardiff are fairly capable if they uh hit their stride on the day, uh depending on who they line up with. Obviously having an A-grade side varies that a little bit, but they've got Warren Towers who's been around in the second division competition for a long time. He's played a few games with them as well as Steve Slee as well. Both very experienced guys in the half. So um, it'll be a well-earned win if you do get it. And as we talked about before, undoubtedly uh, plenty of cans will be uh, drunk in hopefully celebration for your sake, but uh, commiseration if not. And, uh, Again, hopefully a big local crowd and hopefully the uh, visiting sides bring some guys with them and encourage the Carter boys to hang around for a beer and uh, support your club's bar as well, mate.
0: Yeah, well, that's the whole point of um the lower-graded league, mate, is stick around have a beer and make friends with everyone. That's where friendships begin. And, you know, we, we always try and support each other. That's that's the biggest part. Stick around, drink a couple of beers and, and uh, have a yarn.
1: Right, exactly right. And while you do it, you can take in some... Great women's footy. The thing I love about the women's footy, it's even more physical than D-grade some of the time. And uh, I've seen uh, I've seen a little bit of one of your girls' games earlier in the year, and I've certainly seen Career over the last couple of years. So neither of them will die wondering with the forward packs they've got. So, uh, yeah, certainly well worth getting down for what'll be two great games at Howe Park on Saturday if you're around those parts. But, made a big thank you to you for giving up some time to come on the show tonight. And uh, good luck to yourself and the women's side on the weekend. Hopefully, for your sake, you can... Uh, Leave Howe Park on Saturday evening with four competition points between the two of you, and uh, we'll catch up with you guys later in the year as you uh, undoubtedly push on towards uh, challenging uh, Wanji and the other top sides for that minor premiership and then uh, on for the biggest silverware during the finals.
0: Yeah, no worries, mate. No worries at all. Thanks for the chat.
1: Well, we've wrapped up the local footy. Let's have a quick delve into the NRL and returning after joining us to kick off the show a little bit earlier is our uh, resident stats and NRL analyst, Josh Spiegelman. He's back again. Uh, Mate, you're a glutton for punishment. You've hung around for a bit more of a chat.
2: Yeah, mate, always good to chat about the NRL, mate. Can't get enough.
1: Mate, speaking of can't get enough, the whole of Newcastle is on an absolute high after not only – Getting a win with an understrength side, but getting a win against the old rivals, Manly.
2: How good is it, mate? It doesn't get much better. I was, I was went to the game and I was happy to see a, you know, relatively decent crowd considering the poor runner form we were in, and you know the boys came through. Full credit to the boys, as they say. <laughs> Not that I'm part of it, but uh, um, yeah, mate, it was great to see. I, I want to point out just a key performance for me was Connor Watson. He had a 166 metres. That, that try assist, the great slap ball, line ball. To um, Suarto Sue for that try before half time. Six tackle busts and 24 tackles without a miss. So he was one of my best. And obviously, I'm saying this because he was in my draft fantasy team too. So he's come to on a few different levels there.
1: <laughs> Happy days, mate. Uh, I've got to say, I've been really impressed with Jesse Suasu, Either way, you want to go about it, Sue. Um, just, just fairly consistent in most of our games. I won't say he's been a star in all of them, but. Yeah, like I, think, I think he's been a good pickup just in terms of just, you know, a Mr. Consistent sort of performer for, for the Knights across the majority of the season.
2: Yeah, he's a player you need on your roster, mate. He's, he's you know, he's a tough, tough bloke. He's an old head now. He's experienced and he doesn't, doesn't have many errors in him. So he's what you need off the bench. I think he's starting this week, obviously, with Clemens suspended and DCAP in origin. But, um, yeah, you, you couldn't ask for much more from him.
1: Yeah, certainly, and and we and we that's probably the, the best transition for it. We you know obviously Frizzell now injured, Clemmer uh, suspended, Safidi in Origin, Ponga still injured. Uh, the good news is there was uh, someone who was down at uh, West Mayfield, Mitchell Pearce running around and passing the footy at training today. Obviously not named in our twenty one man squad for the night, but uh, that means that I'm hoping and guessing that he's probably not much more than a, a week or two away. Jake Clifford named it eighteenth man. Um, and for, you know, just the legacy value and the, the pure shits and giggles, mate, Jack John's named and Adam O'Brien has said he will make his night at Sabu this weekend.
2: Yeah, that'll be great to see. Obviously, famous name. That'll be, you know, a bit of a tearjerker, even if he's not in the same mold as, uh, you know, the famous halves that we've had there before. But, um, yeah, it should be a good game against the Eels. Not as confident as I was last week. As I said, we covered the line. I didn't tip it. But, um, yeah, we will see.
1: We'll get to that one in a moment, mate. But uh, let's kick it off. Thursday night, it is a an abbreviated round. Obviously, the eight teams having the bye. I'm very excited is going to get two points because it's been a long time between drinks. Uh, the Bulldogs, Cronulla, Manly, the Cowboys, South, the Roosters and the Warriors. And then yeah, the four games this weekend. But before we delve into the four games, mate, we might briefly just try and spend only two or three minutes just uh, thoughts on the Origin squads, mate. Uh, Any surprises? Uh, There's been some you know late news with a few outs for Queensland and reshuffles and rumours and and that's what it is—a bit rumours and innuendo. I'm pretty excited that it's gone to Townsville in a weird way. I think it's great for you know an absolute grassroots heartland of the game to to get an opportunity to host. Origin, obviously, nowhere in New South Wales or Queensland. It's hosted it outside of the capital city, so it's really exciting for Townsville and with that cracking new stadium and what they can do there. I think it, that's exciting on the first point.
2: Yeah, it's exciting, mate. You sound a bit like a Queenslander there, if I'm honest. I would have rather it come to Newcastle, but
1: <laughs> Mate, I would have rather, but I'm, but at the same time, mate, I'm still excited. You know me, I'm a rugby league tragic like yourself, and there's you know, it's finding the silver lining in most of these stories because if we, if we find the negative, we can jump on Facebook with all those uh, other keyboard warriors. But... Yeah, it would have been great to have it in Newcastle or even in Canberra. Um, but, you know, look, if Anastasia's got $8 million to take it to Townsville, then there's certainly worse places it could have been.
2: Yeah, mate, the money goes back to the game. So, you know, it's all about, you know, the game survival. And it's going to be a great spectacle. And um, obviously, the Blues are still favourites. So, I mean, we, we, we don't want to go too much into that because, you know, what happened last year. But, yes. yeah, back to that, the squad discussion we were having off there. Yeah, obviously, listeners will know, Caelan Plonger was ruled out today for the – Queensland team so we were thinking you know AJ Brimson to fullback maybe bring in Reed Marnie to the bench um to start which would be great for the Knights, so Marnie doesn't have to suit up against <laughs> him but they've gone um Val Holmes to fullback Kyle Felt to the wing so it's a bit of a I, mean, I can I can understand it um if I was Queensland I probably would rather Brimson after the job he did last year but uh what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah I certainly would have thought you know, I actually thought that Brimson might have been in a position to possibly even edge out Pong over before the squad was named for the fullback spot, just with Pong not having played and also probably having a little bit, I guess, more versatility to him, I think, than Brimson. Like, Brimson could probably play anywhere in the back line. Kalen can play one to six, but I think Kalen can probably hold up some time, as we've seen before, in the middle forwards as well. Um, so I thought from that point of view that he might have edged him out, but obviously that wasn't the case, and uh, he'll start off the bench, but uh, look, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to be a massive threat when he comes on. Uh, we've seen Holmes have started to find some form, and Felt's been there or thereabouts for a long time, so I don't think he'll let them down.
2: No, nah, they, they won't let them down for sure. And yeah, just a note: Felice uh, Kafurzi somehow got off that tripping charge, so he's free to play as well. Queensland's pack pack looks very strong. I think um, we might have him in the backs for you know current form and they probably talent, but the forward pack, I think they might have a tipping edge there with their eight to thirteen. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Parak Sims, but it, with the current, I know he's had a good few weeks. So I think he has a thin bin in him, especially in these new rules and a couple of errors. Cam Murray, I think he does his best work through the middle at thirteen, not on the edge. But obviously, with the injury crisis and the suspensions, he's been forced to go out there. Uh, Jake Pavlovic in the front row too for the Blues. So that's a bit of an undersized pick there. Obviously, Junior Paulo on the bench should, should he want to switch. they interesting times, mate. Obviously, just hate hard to predict. I've noted that we're about $1.54 on sports bet, so still comfortable favourites.
1: Yeah, interesting. The game moving to Townsville didn't really move those prices. The other interesting thing I I caught today is that uh, uh, Payne Haas obviously still carrying that uh, injury in the squad. And um, who was the other one that was uh, Cameron Murray not having a lot of football to him? Um, Mate, they've brought in Keelan Colomatangi, so a bit of a bolter to come into the extended squad and train in just in case of any injuries.
2: Yeah, inexperienced, but he's had a few good games for South this year. Powerful ball runner on the edge there. And, you know, he'll do some damage if he's given some quality ball. Um, yeah, not sure, not sure how it would go in the pace of an 80-minute origin game, but, you know, he's got a couple of forwards on the bench like Liam Martin who can come in and cover that edge. So yeah,
1: yeah so Coming off a game against the Eels, I think 160-odd 100, metres and nearly 40 tackles. So, um, look, he's, he's certainly taken uh, some benefit from being under Wayne Bennett. Bennett's tutelage and Wayne Bennett's certainly been the making of some young forwards over the years so we'll watch this space I don't expect him to play in round one but he'll undoubtedly be benefit from the for the experience and obviously with South having the bye uh doesn't impact them uh but let's make get into the footy and let's kick off Thursday night and it is the St. George Illawarra Dragons and they will host the Brisbane Broncos uh mate uh, the Brisbane Broncos are a bit of a, a bit of a Sixes and sevens, pardon the pun, in terms of how they're going at the moment. But uh, the Dragons enter this one as warm favourites at a, around $1.40, uh, Brisbane 2 Brisbane two ninety, depending on which bookmakers you're using.
2: Yeah, the Dragons have beat the Broncos, I saw in the last four matches between them. And they also get Matt Duffy and Josh Kerr back here to um, replace, obviously, Tarek Tim for Origin. And, and as everyone knows, jo- uh, Jack DeBellin makes his return off the bench too uh, after a New South Wales Cup game last week. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to tip the Dragons here to favour. I think they'll be too strong um, at Net Strata Jubilee.
1: Yeah, I think think the Dragons will be too good on their home turf and uh, no real surprises with some of the changes to the Broncos. Obviously, Milford hooked before full-time and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the last we've seen of him in a Broncos jersey, barring uh, some major injuries. Uh, Interested, I don't really know too much about this young winger, Cobbo, that's uh, coming in for the Broncos, but uh, hopefully he can give him a bit of spark coming in and joining the team, and hopefully Albert Kelly can put together 80 minutes to make this a bit of a contest. We'll move on to the Friday night fixture. That is the good thing. It's just one-off games each night, so it's a Battle of the Big Cats and West Tigers. They'll be up and about about this. I think Joe offerhen is the only one missing from their side in terms of origin duties. The Panthers, I think, have got about half their squad missing. Uh, that said, they're dominating the New South Wales Cup, so the sorts of players that they're bringing in... Um, they they probably won't miss too much of a beat, and it won't be that much of a difference. And the tie, uh, the Panthers still dollar thirty five favourites, so probably a little bit of value about the Tigers, mate.
2: Yeah, I I really like the six and a half line that I'm seeing on Sportsbet at, at the moment. Obviously, gamble responsibly. Everyone should have said that earlier, but <laughs> um, yeah, the West Tigers uh, they have only won one of their past five matches at Leichhardt, though I noticed so the traditional you know strong fortress there's dropped off a bit. But you know, you, you look at the draw. You, you think when a Penrith going to lose a match this season? They're not going to go through the season undefeated, surely not. And this is the period, like the Broncos and even the Knights of old, and that origin period, you just get decimated with selections leaving the team. And I know they got some great reserves, but the Tigers did as well last week, mate. They beat the Dragons. We both tipped them. Finally, got a Tigers um, tip up. So I'm going to tip them again head to head. I think I think this is the week that Penrith lose.
1: The interesting stat for me is allowing that Penrith go in 1-17 and who knows what Ivan Cleary will do here. They have two players in in um, Lindsay Smith and Tago, Isaac Tago, both yet to play an NRL game. Jermaine Hopgood has played one NRL career game. Jamin Salmon, who is an ex parramatta Eel, is the experience on their bench with 17 career games. <laughs> so, look, while their starting 13, still looks really strong. Obviously, they bring in the likes of Edwards, May, uh, Sorensen, who've got experience. Kenny, who's probably, he was a bit hit and miss for them at different points earlier in the year and was probably one of the weak links. They're a little bit lighter up front as well um, with new starting now as well. Uh, that's where that rotation comes in. That's where West Tigers have really got to capitalise. Uh, I like them at the line as well. So I'm going to tip Penrith to win, but I think Penrith 1-12 um, or even if you can get on the either side under 12.5 might be a little bit of value. I think it'll be a close one, especially with it being a night game uh, and Penrith not having all those attacking stars. They usually do. They're going to be looking a lot to the likes of uh, uh, probably Matt Burton and, and Stephen Crichton, I would have thought, if they're going to really do a job here. So we'll move on to the Saturday game, which will be the Sunshine Coast. I mean, Melbourne Storm hosting the Gold Coast Titans. It's uh, almost a Queensland derby, this, one, mate. And uh, the the other half of the Johns brothers, the new generation, Cooper, uh, will appear in his third straight game uh, for the Storm, and they take on, as I said, the Titans there, and they'll be absolute odds on favourites here, mate. Um, the Storm entering at a dollar eight in this one.
2: Yeah, dollar eight. It's um, yeah, the Titans for me. They they've lost, you know, some key players here. You know, Brimson, feeder. Big Moe, Potter here and Big Tino. So, obviously, tipping the storm here, um, even without the first Inato cart, that they'll just be too strong, especially... I was going to say at home, it is in Sunshine Coast, so more of a Titans home game, but, yeah, you just can't, you can't not tip them, right?
1: Yeah, certainly. Again, it's, it's sort of that, uh, you know, the inexperience. Really exciting to see the, the Titans, though, with their first second-generation player in young Jaden Campbell, named a debut at fullback, mate. Uh, we've all seen the magic that Presto used to weave. If he could do 10% of that, then he's going to be an absolute excitement machine.
2: Yeah, there's not much of him, but there wasn't much of his old man either, and he absolutely shredded the comp. So it'd be great to see. Hopefully, he goes well. Obviously, you'd love to see a young kid have a good debut. And before we move on, let's just touch on Nico Hines. He's going to the Sharks. Um, I think I heard it was a was it a 600k deal. There's yeah, one point eight
1: million dollars, three years, which you know blew the other offers out of the water. I think Melbourne offered him uh, just under a million dollars. The Broncos offered him around the one point two uh for three years so the sharks uh have said that the six jersey there will be his to lose which uh spells a bit of uh bad news probably for Matt Moylan.
2: Well I actually saw something tonight off air mate just beforehand that apparently the Sharks want Moylan to partner him and want SJ's Sean Johnson to walk. So that's a very interesting development. I can't see that how that would work, but uh who knows if that's just speculation in the early days.
1: Yeah it'd be an interesting one. Um, unless they see Moylan as a stopgap for a year or two alongside Hines before they move Connor Tracy back to the halves, and that may be the long-term plan maybe, I'm not sure, and they think they can keep Moylan for less than SJ. But who knows the weird and wonderful ways of recruiting managers, because let's be honest, they're the ones that make most of the decisions, mate. But uh, yeah, as as you said, there's there's some good stories in this Titans one and some interesting things going on in both clubs. The other one I just wanted to draw the attention to and... Uh, I think it's been three or four years since he's played. It's the younger brother of Cooper Verna, who Knights fans would remember from his halcyon days at the Knights. Uh, Joseph Voona returning for the Titans after I said, yeah, three or four years out since his last game with the Warriors. So great to see he's persevered and made his way back.
2: Yeah, it's great to see my famous last name there for the Knights baseball.
1: Certainly is, mate. Let's Let's wrap it up with the final match of what is round 13 of the NRL, and it's the one you want to talk about. The Knights taking on the Eels, the Eels minus only Joseph Paulo. The Knights, uh, well, if they weren't already decimated by injuries, they overcame it last week, but they're big outsiders at home at McDonald Jones Stadium, 4 o'clock on Sunday. Undoubtedly, uh, I'm guessing you'll be in the stands, mate. Uh, How can they do it? Uh, Well, first of all, can they do it? And if so, how?
2: Yeah, I'll be there, mate. Um, it's an exciting weekend for me. I got tickets to that night's gala that's celebrating the 20th anniversary from the 2001 comp. So I'll be on Saturday. It's another roll into an Eels game on Sunday. Uh, best way we can win, mate, is probably to roll out the 2001 team. I reckon on Sunday as well. <laughs> but um, no, no. I mean, it's I, I can't see us winning this. You know, we when we rise up for a game like last week, it's hard to replicate that, especially with the blogs we talked about talked that are out this week. And on top of that. The Eels get back, as we said, Reid, Marnie, most likely, and then also Dylan Brown, the 5'8". So I actually bumped into at Macquarie Centre today in Sydney, so I should have (laughs) maybe put the leg out, but I didn't. Um, And, yeah, uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard's back as well. So I think the Eels will be too strong here, mate. I'll be tipping para.
1: So, mate, what you're telling me is the only way for us to win is to roll out the combination of Sean Rudder, Paul Marquette, Glenn Grief, and Clinton O'Brien?
2: Mate, they are superstars. <laughs> Don't <laughs> say a bad word about
1: them. It's <laughs> funny. It's funny when you when you make selective choices about who, whose names you read out out of a team. You know, instead of you know reading out Robbie O'Davis, Andrew Johns, Denny Badiris, Steve Simpson, Ben Kennedy, and Bill Peden. and of course Macquarie Scorps and Curry, Curry, great Daniel Abraham.
2: Yes, mate. Of course, and some strong names in that team.
1: But yeah, look, it's going to be an absolute. Uh, Big one for the Knights on the weekend. That 2001 team will be celebrating their 20-year uh, anniversary with their Old Boys Day uh, on there as well. So it'd be great, undoubtedly. Uh, the uh, the the John's boys will be watching Jack make his Knights debut as we talked about earlier. And uh, look, it'd be great if the Knights could just—they need to step up probably about three or four gears against an Eels side that are probably stinging for a win as well. So if we can continue to capitalise on their poor form and recent run, then that'd be great. But Yeah, you'd be a brave man to be tipping the Knights this week, I think. So, uh, mate, uh, that wraps up the NRL. We then have Origin to look forward to. Uh, We're probably going to have to try and figure out how we record this show around Origin being on a Wednesday night next week. So that might be – we might be a little bit late next week. It might be a Thursday night record for a Friday. We'll see how we go, I guess. But a big thank you to you again, mate. Uh, Enjoy your weekend. I'm not sure where you're going to fit in running your stats Uh, around everything you've got planned. But as always, you will do it and you'll do it as the consummate professional you are and you'll have all the stats to me on a Monday morning because you're absolutely all over it, mate. So a big appreciation for everything you're doing and you've put into the show, uh, certainly this year especially, but even previous to that.
2: Yeah, no worries, Chris, mate. It's always great to talk about rugby league, as you know, about Tragics and the Newcastle comp, old special place with me as well. So yeah, we'll keep growing the podcast, exciting times
1: and just on that mate with you being a tragic quick mention we did share the post uh, earlier in the week but uh, make sure you do jump on and check out Josh has done a uh, a trading card uh, framed up display of all of the players from the Newcastle Rugby League Team of the Century uh, which was uh, named in was it 2007 Josh from memory?
2: Uh, Up to 2007 it was named in 08 yep yeah
1: yeah, so up to 2007 Um, and yeah look painstakingly done trying to collect the cards. We are talking about this recently. There was a couple of players you couldn't find them for, but some of them, you know, the one that gets me is, uh, I think it's uh, Herb Navarro, uh, and and they've had to get a boxing shot of him because they couldn't uh, find a uh, rugby league shot for the actual trading card they created for him back in the Dynasty collection, I think it was, a couple of years ago. Yeah, exactly,
2: mate. Yeah, the boxing shot, he's obviously a great boxer as well. And
1: Yeah, I've made some of those um, custom
2: cards. Some of the players, are obviously well before the internet was invented, I had to go back and uh, uploaded journals from, you know, the 50s, 60s or even before that and pull
1: photos out of old
2: kangaroos lineups. Um, yeah, it was a tough process, but as everyone saw, it was a great outcome and great piece of memorabilia.
1: Some epic dedication, mate. And yeah, definitely worth checking out. Uh, it's a one-of-a-kind piece. And if anyone does have any other one-of-a-kind pieces of uh, certainly memorabilia or Newcastle Rugby League history, certainly send through some photos and we'll share them on the page because... Uh, I know some of our listeners, and certainly Josh and myself, would love to see anything. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have picked up, Josh and I have talked about it before, a couple of old 1960s playing jerseys from a couple of clubs, which are, uh, are absolute mementos to go in my collection now, which I'll try and post some more pictures of in this season a little bit later on when I can get them out of uh, where they're mothballed. And uh, But uh, yeah, we'd certainly love to see some more, Josh. I know I would, and I'm sure you would as well.
2: Yeah, mate, that'd be great. Uh, I'm sure there are pieces lying out there across the last few decades. If anyone wants to upload them, we'd love to see them.
1: Exactly, mate. Well, big thanks to you. And uh, I guess we'll catch up next week uh, either just pre or uh, just post-Origin uh, and hopefully uh, another Knights win and uh, a cracking round of Newcastle Rugby League, undoubtedly.
2: Yeah, mate, hope so. Go the Blues and good luck to all the local players this weekend. i sure to have another great round.
1: And that's a wrap on another episode of League Castle. Uh, We appreciate you tuning in again this week and we look forward to continue to bring you more local rugby league content over the remainder of the season. We're hitting the midway point of a number of the competitions so it's really starting to heat up. So uh, we look forward to delivering uh, a bit of an insight and wraps on all the competitions over the coming weeks. If there is anything else, as I said in the introduction, that you'd like to see, make sure to reach out to us, Aus on Facebook, AU on Instagram and Twitter, or you can get us at leadcastleAU at gmail.com. Big thanks again to our guests today, Ryan Glanville from the South Newcastle Lions, Zach Johns from the Avermain Western Hawks, and of course, our regular contributor slash co-host now, Josh Spiegelman, uh, the stats guru uh, and our NRL analyst. Uh, Make sure, as I said, to keep voting in those League Castle Club of the Year uh, Eliminators and uh, keep engaging with our content and letting us know what else we can pop up for you and uh, getting involved and getting around it and letting us know who else you'd like to see on the show in the coming weeks. A big thanks and enjoy your local footy this weekend. Hopefully we'll see you out at a ground.
0: We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson. Runs to the line, he's got Buxton with him, it's been put on the toe, it's going to be to try, Joy Jobson's got the try, Window get his second. You're listening to League Cup,
1: Newcastle 100 times rugby league.